Brother Nicholas and Julia Donofrio, this is a privilege, like I said in the prayer, to be here uh, today with you this morning. Uh, a journey of uh, many years with many of these uh, of you in this congregation that has started now over a decade, more 15 years or so ago, um, with many of you. For us, we've been married uh, for probably feels like 90 years, but it only has been 15 years, right? So um, we are blessed uh, to um, be in this journey together and um, being friends before that and coming together with a spirit of um, raising children. And we quickly thought that we were going to only stay with our two biological children. I don't know if you, some of you know, but back in the day, you will have for newly couples these uh, programs that used to be called enrichment, um, something like that, right? So you go through all this survey, and it's like, how many children would you like to have? And we come from large families, and we thought that we were going to have a large family. But then quickly you learn that maybe, you know, one is enough, maybe two is enough, and you know what? We're going to stay with the two boys because we were doing it all right, but still, you know, we were those families that, how can we do this, right? How can we raise uh, children, this very complex uh, environment of bringing children? And, and really, we quickly um, started to feel in our hearts that God had something else for us. And the power of identifying that uh, the people that we surround with uh, was very meaningful and starting to learn that here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, like in the rest of the country, there was a great need for um, an understanding that there were a lot of children in the system that needed to be placed. And we didn't have a clue what that really meant. So, but we knew what was going on in the community by the people that we were, that God really allowed us to be close to. So there were a couple families, especially one. I think you have heard their names. Uh, Pam and Fred Newcomb. I don't know if that really rings the bell to you. But for us, we will really be observing, right, in close proximity, uh, what they were doing, you know, and hosting and opening their hearts and their fam families um, to so many babies and children. And we were like, how do they do it? They may, they may be probably special people, right? We are not those people. You know, we can barely have our act together. We're certainly God has noting them with some special gifts. And, and I think that's true, right? But we, as we get to learn more about their journey, we realize that they were normal people like Julie and I, and that they had very similar struggles and resources, but they had something in common, the community. So that, you know, was one thing that got us to be thinking about it, and, and the same uh, is true with the Van der Wissens. So we were like, okay, there is a need. We find ourselves with plenty of resources um, in, in, in the sense of really when we see what's going on uh, around, and that's where we expose ourselves to be open, be open of what the Commonwealth, the system had. And there's a class out there, and we got ourselves involved, and Julia did the lead work and paperwork to sign us for a class 
that I thought was going to be four weeks, right? And then it's like, no, see, how many weeks was that? It was like 12 weeks, <laughs> and it felt like it was 12 months. But it really, God was working in my heart to de- or rebuild my mind, my heart, to be uh, open to receive, open to receive, receive children to help them, but God had more. And as we open our hearts to receive, we were receiving more of him. Why? Because we noticed that those broken children were not that different than us, a broken family that was trying to figure it out, what it really meant uh, to really hear his voice by helping, uh, yes, the system, but really God was helping us to reform our family. So that's what God uh, did for us. So while we were, we started in January, or January 2017 was when we started this journey, and it was really a journey of one step at a time, because we felt like we don't know if we can do this. <laughs> we started really thinking about foster care, and as we were um, taking that class, the Lord brought this passage to mind, which is Isaiah 61, 1 through 8, and I'll, I'll read it for us. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work on and field your vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast." Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, an everlasting joy with yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. And so in this verse, it's really Isaiah who is um, speaking prophetically about Jesus, the Messiah. Um, And Jesus is anointed to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, um, to put a crown of um, beauty instead of ashes. But as I was reading this, I was realizing that he's also anointing us. And so he's speaking about us too and what we do through his spirit. And that's the same as Jesus. And so just as Jesus was anointed to do these things, we are too. And so who has he called us to? He's called us to pour into the brokenhearted, the poor, the captives, the prisoners, the the mourners. And what has he called us to do? He's called us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to release from darkness the, darkness the prisoners, to comfort those who mourn, to provide for those who grieve, to bestow a crown of beauty and joy. Now, this could be in many settings, right? Like the Lord doesn't say it has to be in foster care and adoption. But for us, in our community, what we were seeing, and the people that were around us, the Newcombs and the Vandivisters, It was pulling on our hearts of like, this is the way we can do this. 
And he, in this verse, it also says, why? Why are we doing this? Because we will bring the kingdom with the people we minister to. We will rebuild ancient ruins. We will restore places long devastated. And we will renew ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And so we realized that this was a way that we could be restoring God's people. That we could become oaks of righteousness as well as raise up oaks of righteousness to rebuild and to build his kingdom. And, and so as we started kind of thinking through this, um, and we did, I've done a ton of reading, just the Bible and also other people talking about what um, foster care and adoption is, we were just realizing that he calls all of us to build his kingdom, he calls all of us to work in, in, and walk into brokenness with others, it just looks different for everyone, right? And so for us, this was the place that we felt like God was calling us to. Um, Anne Voskamp wrote this book called The Waymaker. If any of you have read it, it's awesome. She specifically also adopted, but she talks about the definition of marriage and adoption being a covenant. So it's interesting that it's marriage, right? Like our relationship that we are like always working in, right? And adoption. Both of those are covenants. And actually, and Andy will know more than me about this, but the big covenants, like the Lord adopts us, right? And so big covenants that the Bible talks about, marriage and adoption. And then at each covenant, we're coveting with each other to walk into suffering and brokenness with each other, right? So we promise each other that we will walk in brokenness together, in each other's brokenness. And the same thing when we walk into foster care and adoption, we promise that we will walk in brokenness with our girls specifically. Um, so we'll tell you a little bit about our family. Do you want to introduce them and then we can kind of talk through the journey? So we have um, Luca, 11 years old. See, I got to think, I got to tell you. Luca, 11 years old, Marco, nine, uh, Vea, uh, four years old in CC2. So, I gave you the hardest job. Huh? I, I know. <laughs> you know, it's very, um, there's a lot of emotions this morning. And um, when I look at, the, at them, I look at all of our children and um, I really reflect on how we are allowing God uh, to really continue to help us with our brokenness. And that is the sense of what we're coming here this morning to share, really. And we were talking last night, and we were saying, Julia, this will be sort of like if we're in a living room and we're having a conversation uh, with you, and really to share that we are in this journey of continue to work in our marriage as we continue to work on um, bringing these two beautiful girls into our family. And, and really, the only way we're able to do that is because of the community and because I paused, honey, because those two boys, you're here. And why are you here? <laughs> I love that you're here. Um, but really, the journey starts with these two bright uh, young men in allowing us to see that um, how God used them first before Julia and myself. 
and to open our hearts and, and our home. In this brokenness and really restoring um, brokenness of so many generations, especially we see it clearly uh, with the girls, but really God has really revealed so much work that he is doing in both of us. I will own my part, right? I'm not going to say, I'm going to own my brokenness, right? Do you think that's smart? <laughs> I'm not talking about you, Julia. No, really. Uh, the truth is <laughs> that there's more here that, that, that is a continued work in progress. I'm so blessed for uh, you, Julia, and, and how you have guided also our family uh, in, in amazing ways, allowing God to speak to you and to give me time or give Lord the time that I needed to be aligned. And how difficult that is, right? Because what we want to say as we present our family is that all this work is to be done in unity and an understanding that there are seasons, right? Ecclesiastes uh, 3 is one of our favorite verses and understanding that there is a season for everything. There is a season to mourn. There is a season to um, to celebrate. There is a season uh, to really rest and a season to celebrate, a season to be um, open. And we really, um, clearly, you've been so patient and calm to really respect that my timings were not your timings and really be aligned and what are God's timing. We don't have a compass, right? We don't have, I'm a planner, right? I, I don't have the one to all the steps, but really uh, for us has been a journey to really allow God and through love, patience, and kindness to you help me to uh, take the time to really Figured it out, right? It's like we're we're figuring it out. We're going, we're flying, we're building this plane as we fly it, uh, and really is really allowing God to guide us. So all that to say in this. Well, can I say something about that? <laughs> um, so you have to share. It's hard to share. <laughs> um, I think what's really important that about what you said was that our our own. Sometimes we think, oh well, I can't do this because we have issues or because we have things we're struggling with or because, and that was one of the actual fears in our journey was, I mean, sometimes this is a common thing, seven years, you kind of have a hard time in marriage. It's like we've been together long enough that we have these patterns, we don't, you know. And we had a hard time at seven years and I remember praying through so much in terms of our relationship and then when we came to this place of feeling like God was calling us into foster care, thinking, is this going to break us? Can we do this? And I felt like the Lord said, why would I have healed you if it wasn't to build the kingdom? Right? Like, why am I going to do this work in you if it's not to do that and share that with other people? And so that was a huge part. And so many people here processing with them, like, what does that mean and how do we walk through this. So we started small. We started with respite care thinking, we'll just do nights and weekends. This is like glorified babysitting. <laughs> we'll just take kids like from the foster families that are already doing it and we'll just see how it works. And also trying to give our boys some time to figure out, is this going to work for them too, right? And I think what you were saying um, about the boys is amazing because they've actually this has built in them character and things that we never could have built in them. And not that it's not hard, it is, but 
the things that the Lord has built in them have been totally worth the journey, you know, to see that. Um, so we started with respite care, and it was slow. Just, you know, we started in January 2017, but we didn't take our first placement till March 2018. Right. So it was very slow. And actually, I was looking back at my journals, in January 2017, Ellie was diagnosed in, in April. And so thinking even about that journey and our, he gave us that year. Even though he was calling us to this, he gave us that year to be fully with you, you know? And how the Lord is, we didn't have those answers, but the Lord was leading us in, in that, that way. So we had a little girl come for respite for like two nights. Right. And she came. And I was like, in my head and heart, like, I think she's supposed to be part of our family forever. But I didn't tell Nicholas. <laughs> because if I told him, he'd be like, well, then what are we supposed to do? And I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to do anything. So um, I just knew that in the back of my head. But she was with an amazing family. She was two and a half months old, and she was with an amazing family in Beverly. Um, and so she just stayed with them. And then maybe a month later, our caseworker came and said, so you know that baby that was with us? Their family has to move to Maine, so will you take her? And we were like, ah. Uh. <laughs> so what was that journey like for you to say that? Yes. Uh, difficult um, because my one thing that I had clear is that we were not going to do babies. So when we started this journey, we said, I said, and Julia, yes, honey, of course, uh, we, will, uh, we will, because we were really mindful about the boys, so we didn't want to bring anybody younger than Marco. That was a Russian. Nobody older than Marco. Uh, older than Marco, right. So, but, but I knew that we were like in agreement, no babies. For multiple reasons. I, I, I work in healthcare, I understand, I was, in a protective mode, if you will, also our time, and very rational, right? I, 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 I'm very emotional many times, but I'm very rational. It's one extreme or the other. So I was in the rational mode. No babies, I, I, you know, the complexities of many of these kids come with so many uh, healthcare concerns, blah, 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 and we're, we're in agreement, no babies. So then this baby came, uh, but it was really about like the exception of the rule and I was like, and Julia will be the one that will vet it, all these calls that we will receive, and, and then if she will have any doubt, then she will pass it into me. We have developer system. Because again, you, you gotta be mindful that in the system, there are so many needs that then when you're in that respite, by the way, respite, I never ever heard of the word respite. What does that really mean? So then I, well, that we call that glorified babysitting, because then you'll be opening your house for one night, for two nights, for three nights, but it's to provide that respite, that support to foster families, right? So you got the respite, you got the foster, then you got the adoption, and then you got the emergency crisis or the emergency people that are in the emergency pool that we were not, right? So I'm, I was comfortable in that respite space. We can do this. So it was great how God works, right? Because again, looking back, God was molding our heart and it was preparing and once again revealing to me, especially, Nicholas, you're not in control. So allowing that open door was okay at the time, but we quickly 
starting to see in those placements that we got throughout 2018, right? That uh, then we got the upgrade. So I call it the upgrade because we were doing foster, I mean, we we're doing respite, and then we get the upgrade to foster care. And I was like, oh, wait, wait a second. I love upgrades, you know, anytime I fly, I have my godmother as a Delta, you know, I have flown because of her many times in first. I love, you know, the upgrades. But in this scenario, I felt that this different type of upgrade, I didn't sign up for the upgrade. So I was like, what does this really mean for this plan that I thought was so well driven by God? But it's like, Lord, why more? We are fine being the helpers. So Bavea, our four years old, now, you know, she was the one that opened that path. She leaves, so she stayed with us, but then she comes back, so that back and forth. And I'm so glad you didn't share that with me because I would have been scared to death. It's like, what does this mean? And, and I feel like with that, that was one of the, I'm going to write it in my journal, and if God's really saying that, then he'll bring it back. <laughs> like, I don't know what you mean by this. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't think we're on the same page. So, Lord, you're going to have to do something here because I don't really get it. And so when we got the call that she needed a place, we were like, we talked about it. And it was a, that was probably our scariest yes because it felt like, are we saying yes for a month or are we saying yes for forever? And we don't know. And how do you make that decision, right? So for us, it was like, okay, just want, we just have to think about it as one step at a time. And so she stayed with us, and she did. We ended up, it was a long journey, ended up um, having her come with us um, and staying with us, and it ended up turning into an adoption journey, and she was actually adopted last September. But then in summer 2020, we got a call. Um, hi. Vea's um, biological mom and dad just had a baby. Will you take the baby? We were like, uh, and what did you say? 100% yes. <laughs> In the second. Like, listen to how that changed so much. He was like, 100% yes. And I was like, what? I don't even know what day it is. And I, I don't know. He ended up staying home for paternity leave with Cece. Yeah. So um, we felt like, Saying yes for Cece for me was there's been so many um, sacrifices that we've made in terms of like what does this look like day to day. Um, but again, I was reading Ann Voskamp and she was talking about how sacrifice is actually connection to someone. It's choosing connection to God and it's not really losing anything. I mean, you lose things, but you're really choosing to be connected to someone. And I feel like that is what we're... We're saying no to other things that are hard to say no to sometimes, but we're getting that connection with Jesus, which is such a gift. Um, we have like a couple reflections, I guess, before we end. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, let's do that. And as I uh, get us to get in some that mode, we're going to get the band uh, to um, join us. And um, really the reflection is that the importance of unity in the family. Um, you know, that is key to really like marriage. So we go back to the beginning in terms of this takes works, this takes a lot of work, takes sacrifice, 
but how much you're gaining in so many different levels. So the importance of unity in the family, in terms of understanding the dynamics, in terms of the marriage, in terms of your other children that you might have, is key. Is key. Lord's builds, and, and the Lord does no work uh, through conflict. So the, uh, the piece of um, understanding that for us was, was key. Um, understand that the season that each family member it has its own uh, reality, and that's why we were really in tune of our, of our children, understanding the season that they are at, and allowing us to be vulnerable. Uh, this idea of suffering or, or, or what would this really mean for us, but then I don't have clarity. What about that if the child goes back and know with us? Well, you know what? The Lord is the Lord. Uh, let the Lord do his work and you live of what God is giving you today and allowing him to, to do that. And then really looking into your heart, into what are you afraid of? Many times the Lord has really spoken to me. It's like, Nicholas, what are you afraid of? It? Why do you really feel to be so much in control? What is this doing into how your marriage continue to build and really to continue to build um, relationships and to invest in people. We're really humbly glad to see how we are investing in these two girls. For us, it was clear that we couldn't separate those girls. That was not going to be on us. And, and really allowing the Lord to show us what he has next for these two beautiful girls as he's helping us manage their lives in, in earth with our two beautiful boys. Uh, it's going to be hard. Um, we got to continue to go proclaim freedom and to be the ones that were broken the suffering of so many generations. It is true. We know some of the history of these girls, a lot of bondage, a lot of dark things, but they're not that different than the darkness and the brokenness that I have experienced, that Julia has experienced, and that we are experiencing as we continue to invest in this marriage. Something that we cannot do without you, the community, your community. So I strongly encourage that this conversation that we're having today, that will help you to explore the insights of your heart and to really be open to answer to God, Lord, what have you called us to be? Am I called in this season with my husband, my wife, my spouse, Oh, by yourself, perhaps. Perhaps you're, you're single and the Lord is calling you to help in any different way. Allow yourself for the Lord to work in your life and to be surprised of the amazing things He has for you and for these beautiful children that He's allowing you to manage in this time that you have um, I mean, they're going to grow and they're going to go, hopefully, right? That, you know, they do come back too, right? Many, many of you know that. But, um, but this is a gift. That is, this is a joy to be able to, to be embarking this journey. And certainly, I'm glad I'm doing it with you. <laughs> so 
So I think the things we just want to think about is what are ways, and it might not through, be through foster care adoption, but what are ways that God has called you to bind up the brokenhearted? What are ways that God has called you to proclaim freedom for the captives? What are ways that God's called you to release from darkness the captives and the prisoners? And what are ways that he's called you to comfort those who mourn? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we get to come alongside you to build your kingdom. We thank you that you walk alongside of us, that you fill us, um, that you um, heal our brokenness, and that through that we get to walk alongside other people in our brokenness and in their brokenness, Jesus. We pray that you give us strength for the journey, that you give us um, just an extra portion of your spirit, and that you give us eyes to see the work that you're doing around us, that we would get to see the ways that you're building your kingdom. Open our eyes, Lord, to things that are eternal, Lord. Help the things that are of this world to fall away, their importance to fall away in our eyes. Help us to fix our eyes on you, on the ways that you're building your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, and we thank you, Jesus, so much in this special morning because as we have dedicated this new children to you, Lord. We pray, God, for the children that are out there. We pray for them, Lord. We pray, God, that you will continue to challenge us. Challenge us, Lord, and help us, God, to turn down the walls that we have built, Lord. Father, help us to be open open to receive we are your children lord you are our king and we're so blessed to be part of your kingdom lord father please continue to utilize us lord i pray for every one of us in this room today i pray for the ones that may be listening to this message that they will be really open and really wondering what do you have for me, Jesus? What am I doing that is prohibiting your will to be done in my life and in my family? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this day and for bringing us together, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior, our Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.